Welcome to Milk Drunk by Bobby, a straight up conversation about parenthood without the BS. We'll be featuring parenting experts, people you may recognize, and some others you might be meeting for the first time. Milk Drunk is brought to you by Bobby, the mom founded and led organic formula brand evolving the conversation around how we choose to feed our babies. Our goal is to have open and honest conversations that make parents feel less alone. Think group chat energy, but I'm not going to text you photos of the 20 summer dresses I tried on at Target when I was supposed to be buying floaties. I'm your host, Angelica Temple, and today's episode, we're doing a deep dive on combo feeding. First, we're joined by pediatrician, advocate, and mother, Dr. Amna Hussein, who gives us the lowdown on flexible feeding and her patient-focused feeding philosophy. Spoiler alert, when mom thrives, so does baby. Then we're opening up our mailbox and reading letters from Bobby fans with Bobby's very own VP of Strategic Growth and Innovation, Sarah Holman. Sarah gives a raw retelling of her birth story and feeding journey and how that lit a fire for her to seismically shift the culture around combo feeding and revolutionize the formula aisle. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Milk Drunk. Today, we are very excited to welcome our guest, pediatrician, advocate, and mother, Dr. Amna Hussein. In addition to running her own practice, Dr. Amna is an American Academy of Pediatrics media spokesperson, a children's book author, a certified lactation (laughs) consultant, and one of Bobby's medical advisors who supports us in everything from product development to infant feeding education, which includes, of course, being an expert on combo feeding. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. We are so excited, and I'd love to spend most of this time demystifying combo feeding, or as I always called it, supplementing, Mm -hmm. um, from a medical perspective to help people sort of understand it, kind of like a crash course or combo feeding 101. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. Amazing. So before we get to that, I would love to just hear a little more about your feeding journeys. I know you have two little ones that are around similar ages to mine. Yes. So we'd just love to hear what it was like for you, um, and then we can get into the the how-to of it all. Yeah, I think this is really helpful to share for a lot of women because both of my feeding journeys for both girls were very different. And it's interesting. I was a pediatrician for both, but for my second, I was an IBCLC too. And in many ways, people always feel like as an IBCLC, you might be more of like a, you know, a lactivist or be harder on yourself. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think the knowledge base helped me to approach breastfeeding in a um, much calmer, more methodical way in some ways for me. Um, And that's good because my first gave me a very difficult time. She didn't latch very Mm. well and I became an exclusive pumper. And honestly, to make things worse, I was a resident. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't like a very fun thing for me to have (laughs) to like pump at work and then think that I had to pump at home too. You know, that it wasn't a bonding experience. And, um, but in my head as a pediatrician, I knew about all those benefits of breast milk and, Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up making a decision. It's funny. Um, I was, my mom's a pediatrician and back then mm. I was born, you know, in the late eighties, um, there wasn't really a thing as like pumping when you were back at work. And so I kind of, no, not yeah, at all. I remember having this discussion with her. Um, and I said, you know, this is my decision. 
I'm thinking of potentially stopping pumping. This is a lot on me and it's just making me really unhappy. And I mean, is it like Mm -hmm. the worst thing in the world? And she actually put it in perspective. She was like, Hey, I have four girls. The first one I was able to nurse for 15 months. I was home with her. And then you Mm -hmm. number two and number three, which I was number three. She said, I really only had got maybe four weeks to nurse you guys. And then I had to go back to work. And I thought to myself, well, I didn't turn out that bad. I'm a doctor, right? I'm married. I'm happy with two kids. I'm healthy. (laughs) And so I just right. There's just so many balanced perspectives when it comes to looking at it. And I made this decision and, you know, I kind of like made up my mind and talked to my husband about it. And we made the decision to slowly wean. Um, It was actually interesting because Ramadan was coming up and I used that to help me wean without getting too Mm. many clogged ducts. It actually ended up working out really well for me. I talk and educate a lot on my social media platforms for moms who are potentially looking at Ramadan and are considering nursing. So I learned a lot mm-hmm. and I became a happier mom when I was exclusively formula feeding. But with number mm-hmm. two, I kind of went through this idea of like, okay, I know what the perfect latch is now. I may not have known all the ins and outs yeah. as a pediatrician. I knew how to assess a well-fed baby and developmental you know, assessment of a baby. But now I know how to assess a latch and I know kind of what engorgement feels like. And I know how to Mm -hmm. properly get rid of that or treat it or then properly latch the baby. And it went so much better. It went so, so much better. Even Mm. though my baby number two had awful reflux to the point that like moms come to me saying that their kids are spitting up. My baby literally would spit up two ounces of the feed. And I remember her pediatrician being like, wow, your milk supply must be great for her to be spitting up this much. And I just feel like I was in a much better headspace. You know, if I had been like Mm -hmm. exclusively pumping or if maybe this had been my first, I probably would have been obsessing over it a little bit more and worrying. Yeah. But it just was a smoother relationship. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was able to, you know, combo feed as needed. And it was perfect. Yeah, no, I have similarly, I had different experiences with both Mm -hmm. and it was the same thing. We're going into the first, you know, I like knew everything they told me about breastfeeding and it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, but I was formula fed. I was born in the eighties. My mom went back to work two weeks after having me or something. So she didn't even start. Right. And so with my second, similarly, because I always knew that was there and I wasn't nervous about it. Yeah. It, it just, it took so much pressure off. And actually with the second, when I started formula feeding, I would do a formula bottle at night for for her. That's when she slept through the night because she would take down nine ounces because she's not falling asleep on my chest in like this little cuddle puddle. Um, So yeah, so it it just goes to show that like if you can sort of (laughs) liberate yourself from what you think is the perfect plan, it can actually go much better. Right. And, you know, I don't want to say that it's because medicine didn't allow me or supply wasn't enough or Mm -hmm. anything even like that. It was essentially, there was nothing wrong really with either situation. It was just like, I made the best decision for myself at that time. And with my second, you know, I think she kind of self weaned at around 11 months or so, Mm -hmm. 11 and a half. And I, even though I wasn't ready to let go, she wanted to, and it's, it's fine. Every baby's a little different. I mean, that's second kid, right? I know. She was like, get (laughs) away from me. It's like, (laughs) that's the same. Mine like weaned at eight or nine months. And I was like, what's happening? Like, I'm still, I'm down. I know. I was like, come back, come back. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, they know what they want, those, yeah. those number twos. Um, okay, so let's get into our crash course. Can you explain to us what exactly combo feeding is? Yeah, so I like to kind of explain it to mothers that it's not exactly opposite of supplementing. I like to think of supplementing um, as kind of being like, this is something that allows you to get to X number of ounces in a day, let's say while your milk is coming in, or Mm -hmm. if you feel Mm -hmm. like you don't have enough at that time, supplementing is something that you are kind of thinking like this makes up whatever balance I don't have. It's a supplement. Um, Combo Mm -hmm. feeding is kind of more of a conscious decision to say, I'm just going to go in sort of with both. And that's kind of my Mm -hmm. just just salt that I have when I talk to parents back and forth in the room. And some of them still refer to it as supplementing. So I don't really like play hardcore definitions. So it's more of a conscious decision to say that I can go forward using both breast milk and formula. And I'm not going to divide it up by percentages even right now, but just say that it Mm -hmm. sort of ebbs and flows for parents. Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of scientific research supports combo feeding? Like what does is, what is the science tell us? <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of science behind exclusive breastfeeding. Now, mm-hmm. I always feel like it's helpful for parents to know that whereas exclusive breastfeeding shows, you know, decreased risk of atopic diseases, autoimmune diseases, certain cancers, it doesn't mean that the flip side is true, that formula feeding right. increases your risk of cancer or increases mm-hmm. your risk of, you know, autoimmune diseases. It more has to do essentially with, you know, how a bottle is given. So sitting upright versus paste feeding, et cetera, which can maybe determine things like ear infections, um, obesity, you know, like that mm-hmm. we have to give babies that self-regulation moment, right? Not forcing, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's the beauty of breastfeeding. The babies can self-regulate versus sometimes when you have a mm-hmm. bottle, you're thinking, you got to get through these four ounces. You have right. to. Well, no, I mean, let's take a step back and watch your baby's feeding cues, right? I think that's mm-hmm. super important no matter what feeding technique you use. But when it comes to combo feeding, I can't say there's been one study out there that says, you know, mm-hmm. children necessarily do better or they thrive. But what I do know is anecdotally, parents can do better and really thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes all the difference when it comes to having a new human and a new baby in your life and taking care of them. Yeah. I'll never forget that I actually started producing more breast milk when we introduced formula because I was so less, I was not stressed. Yes. So, you know, when parents are figuring this out, pair of parents are in it. How do you know when it's time to start combo feeding? Like what (sighs) is the sign? You know, if someone's coming in, they're struggling, what does that look like? Well, I don't really have a hardcore, like, this is time to start it. You know, as a physician, and especially in the field of pediatrics, you know, that parent is kind of an unspoken patient in our room. And sometimes it allows people to just be vulnerable. And um, I always kind of start out with, well, what are your goals right now? Mm -hmm. Because it allows them to say, like, my baby took this much, this much, this much. and This is what I'm worried about. This is my history. And what are your goals? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me just sit here and lay my cards on the table. What are my goals? And they may have never asked themselves that. So sometimes it's just really helpful. And this is something that's sort of, I don't, I, you know, <laughs> lack of a better word saying beat into us in medical school is that if you just keep your ears yeah. open, you'll really learn a lot about the patient. And in this yeah. case, the patient being that unspoken patient, the parent in your room with you, you know, what are those concerns? And 
you know, maybe it is something about we're going back to work. Okay, well, I'm not really sure. I really don't like pumping. I don't like to, okay, well, maybe we could try playing around with it and pumping. I would say about a month before you go back to work, maybe even three weeks, start with one pump a day, see how it makes you feel and just Mm -hmm. start trying to work that into your routine. Start working a bottle into your routine. Who gives the bottle? Mm -hmm. You know, it should be, sometimes you have this flips pendulum where it's like they only take the bottle from the mom or they never take the bottle from mom. So start trying to break down those little habits here and there where you can, and then that way it's not like so many new things at once. I can't say there's just one time where I'm going to say, this is where combo feeding is going to be perfect because with every family, it's a bit different. I have had in many situations, just like you said, some parents are like, yeah, in the middle of the night, it's easier for me if my significant other gives the bottle of formula and I sleep. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a decision they come Mm -hmm. to on their own. Oftentimes I find that it's the middle of the night feed, especially when parents go back to work, that that's the one that they might end up switching to for formula. So, okay. So now let's say, you know, I'm your patient, whatever, or your unspoken patient. Yeah. Like, are there schedules that you help people with? Like, what does the list look like if someone's like, okay, I want to start combo feeding what advice can you give me? And yeah. I know it's different depending on the kid and, of course. and where they're yeah. at. No, I can totally get on board with the schedule. Hey, I am a Virgo. Yeah. I am a type A driven. <laughs> yes. I, you know, you don't get through medical school without being a little type A. So <laughs> when this baby was born, I was like, schedule, schedule. Yes. Um, Love a schedule. <laughs> and I get it. What I tell parents is, honestly, the first six weeks are hazy. There's kind of no schedule. But I do encourage and applaud efforts to start trying to create one around, you know, the four, somewhere between four weeks, you can start setting circadian Mm -hmm. rhythms. You know, it's really good because these things do take time to set into place, like setting circadian rhythms, like trying to establish good sleep routines, et cetera. And, Mm -hmm. you know, look at feeding cues. So I honestly, I'm not against the schedule by any means. And I think that Mm -hmm. once you emerge from that, like six week haze is what I kind of call it. First of all, your milk feels better. Perhaps you feel Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Maybe you don't. I mean, honestly, I feel like six (laughs) weeks, I was just like, wait, I don't see my OB again for six weeks. And I don't even know how to sit down. Like, what is going on? So maybe you don't (laughs) feel better. I don't know. Maybe you were like me and you were just kind of like shell shocked a little. (laughs) But um, I was like, they did not tell me about this in med school. Um, So maybe you don't feel better. But I do recommend starting to look at a schedule. And I first start out with like somewhere at every two or three hours. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's a good time to kind of gauge that because you're trying to make sure that your child gets a good feed in. And so by this point, you're kind of understanding how your breasts are feeling, how nursing feels. So I think that's really important because in the beginning, engorgement is like hitting you hard and at the forefront and you think, oh, my breasts feel full and now they feel empty and they feel full and now they feel empty. Mm -hmm. But that's actually not the way it's supposed to be. It's just that your breasts are kind of, and the nerve endings are accommodating all that new milk. But that milk doesn't like decrease or go down. It's just that your breasts accommodate it. And I think it's six weeks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think it's six weeks. It's very helpful um, because you're kind of like, okay, everything feels not as sensitive anymore. It's not like you have a milk let down immediately as soon as cold hair, air hits your nipples or like, oh my gosh, like not facing the shower. Yeah. I remember not being able to face the shower. Uh, yeah, exactly. So and a lot of parents don't <laughs> recognize that because they think it feels better. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that it might actually make your engorgement worse. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot that I feel like 
you do feel a little bit more confident in your, you know, and yourself as a parent in your movements, able to get up, able to move around, able to do things while the baby is asleep, know a little bit more about what your patterns are. It's not as shell shocky. So I do recommend that every two to three hours. Now, if you're looking for a schedule, and I always say this with like kind of a caveat, even to some of my patients, I'm not against moms on call as a schedule to like, just look at sometimes parents just need like Mm -hmm. a schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some Mm -hmm. really great, you know, schedules out there, even for sleep training or getting your baby on a nap schedule. And it's not Mm -hmm. even that you kind of like need to follow this one. Sometimes parents just need to see one. And then maybe they'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you know, 10 o'clock doesn't work for me because X, Y, Z. So then you kind of like craft right. it the way you want to. Oh, yeah. The one thing I kind of tell parents is like, hey, you know, like somewhere between six to seven, you know, is kind of normal wake up time for babies. So mm-hmm. we try to like start establishing normal circadian rhythms from the get go. You're not going to have a baby who sleeps till 10. That's just that is that is not the reality. <laughs> um, so I'm not against people, you know, googling a schedule and even running it by mm-hmm. me. I have that happen a lot, actually, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to starting solids. Like, well, what's the best way to start this? I, you know, I think it's sometimes it's nice. It kind of gives you a little bit of mm-hmm. control. And that being said, just know that there are days where the schedule goes out the window. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, and these kids do this to yep. us to drive us crazy. Of course, that's pretty sure of that's course. why they do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm a big scheduler and I always feel like I like having a plan because then I can just veer away from it Yes. instead of, you know, it gives, it actually, I find it liberating. <laughs> it is liberating. So back to combo feeding. Yeah. What, are there any combo feeding no-nos that parents should be aware of? Ooh, good one. Um, so I, okay, I can't say this probably enough, but I'm not a big fan of homemade formulas. So if you're like, I'm going to combo feed, but I really don't trust the formulas out there because their Mm -hmm. ingredients are so many, et cetera. I'm going to make my own. And I'm saying this because I know it's a thing. (laughs) I'm going to rattle off the ingredients like bananas, oat milk, molasses, all these different things. And you know, you think you're doing a great job. And I totally understand Mm -hmm. that this is coming from the best place, but I would really highly recommend you not do this. Um, Mm-hmm. because first of all, it's not vetted. It's not safe. Um, we don't know how many mm-hmm. calories per ounce. The electrolytes could be deranged. One other thing I think on this note, since we're talking about, you know, electrolytes and calories is mm-hmm. I, ideally I try to encourage parents not to mix the two if you can in the same bottle until you're absolutely certain that the baby will take that volume. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. What changes can you expect in terms of like your baby's health, digestion, sleep um, when you introduce formula? Valid question, valid point. And I think that that can vary baby to baby. Some babies, nothing at all. You know, I want to say that it really depends on the volume too. First, the volume of the Mm -hmm. formula, but also the volume in the bottle. So usually babies tolerate it pretty well. I do recommend kind of easing it in. I also feel that we as parents sometimes read a little too much into our babies, every poops and farts and everything. So as (laughs) a pediatrician, I got to say the biggest thing is that as long as your baby is stooling, they can go a number of days in between stools. It can happen with formula. It can have it with breast milk. As long as your baby is comfortable when stooling. Now, if they are in distress and straining, that's something you have to let your pediatrician know. If there's any odd stool colors. And here I'm going to say which stool colors they are. White. Yes, please. Black. 
or red. So in the first couple mm-hmm. of days of life, black stool is normal. It's that tarry, yes. nasty black. Um, Wait, what is it called again? Meconium. It has like an alien name. Meconium. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> it is. And it looks like an alien too. It literally yes. looks like an alien. But I barely even saw it. That was my partner's department. <laughs> <laughs> so anything in the coming days, if it's, you know, we're past the yes. meconium stage, your baby's one month old, you're like, I'm going to give them formula. Yeah. Okay, black, red, white. Let your pediatrician know, okay? That's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. And then I would say kind of just, like I said, if they're straining to stool, having difficulty stooling, that's going to be something that we're going to want to know too. Okay, makes yeah. sense. I need. I mean, we needed to get into the diaper department because that need, is, I think, of course we do. We have to. We always have to go there. We always have to go there. <laughs> um, as you well know, Bobby emphatically supports all feeding journeys mm-hmm. and understands how even the best laid plans can go to shit. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you think we can promote and normalize combo feeding as a society and culture? Honestly, I think talking about it more. And yeah. that's a tough. That's tough because I mean. I think recently, I'll say it even for myself as a pediatrician, um, I have, you know, pediatricians who follow me on social media. I have parents who follow me on social media. And being a formula advisor does not mean that I'm anti-breast milk or anti-breastfeeding. Right. I think that's very important for families to understand that. And then educating mm-hmm. about, um, you know, for example, the AAP put out, you know, guidance um, with regards to breastfeeding and breastfeeding duration. That doesn't mean that they were wrong by saying that. And that doesn't mean that if you don't breastfeed for two years, even though it's optimal that you're wrong, research is there, science is there, and options are there to cater to every type of family. Um, Mm -hmm. There are parents who are going to work now, um, some who may be able to work from home and allows them to continue their feeding journey, which I greatly applaud. But some parents, my Mm -hmm. job does not allow me, for example, to work from home. So I greatly Mm -hmm. applaud where we've come in terms of the pumping world. We can pump while on the Mm -hmm. go. I wish we would Mm -hmm. make more headway in terms of, you know, family leave. And I'm hoping that continues to happen. But this journey of combo feeding the only way it's going to happen is if we kind of continue to talk about it and make noise and raise full disclosure about it. So you've been involved with Bobby, you know, since before we launched. Yeah. Why are you passionate about working with an amazing brand like ours? I'll tell you, um, for me, it was a couple of things. Um, as, as so I'm in the Northeast right now, I'm in the process of moving down to the to North Carolina, but I will say there was a big okay. study that was released in New York where it was finding that a lot of women here in the Northeast were um, going to sort of like the black market for European formulas. Obviously, you know, money talks, (laughs) education talks, all of those things. And you have the best intentions, but they may not be safe. And so I think Mm -hmm. Bobby was trying to appeal to a percentage of parents that wanted a product like this for their children. And Mm -hmm. again, I fed my oldest an American made formula. I had no problem with it, but I do have issues with parents, unfortunately, seeking formulas in unsafe ways because they feel like a need is not being met. So this Mm -hmm. is this filled a need. Another thing that I loved was that Bobby was literally a formula company ran by women. Like, come on, like we get it. It makes sense. Yeah, we (laughs) get it. We get what it's like to work and go back to work and feed your baby at the same time. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I I just love that. I love that energy. Um, There's, there's so much about it that I feel like 
when they followed this, when they got me, when they said they followed the science and it's not just, you know, pretty mm-hmm. words, it really has to matter. It really, really has yeah. to matter to me. So getting that, um, position and I'm not, you know, it's not just an influencer. It's not just here and there. I literally was, I'm here talking about medical advisory, you know, getting to talk yeah. about the safety belt. This is what we see with our parents. This is mm-hmm. what they have questions about. This is what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. That's very important to me. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Amna. This has been so informative. Perfect crash course. <laughs> Please let us know where our listeners can find you. Oh, sure. Of course. So um, I have a pretty easy handle. It's at Dr. Period Amna Hussein. So my name, A-M-N-A-H-U-S-A-I-N. And that's on Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, and YouTube. Um you know, in terms of, I know for TikTok, we have a whole playlist on there dedicated to formula because there's just so much formula shaming and misinformation. Um, so mm-hmm. that I know I have a playlist there and I know we definitely talk about it a lot on YouTube as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Amna. I feel like you've perfectly set the stage for our next guest, VP of Strategic Growth and Innovation at Bobby, Sara Ahmed Holman. Before we hear from Sarah, we're taking a trip to our DMs where Bobby parent Hannah tells us about her feeding journey. I'm writing to thank you. They say it takes a village to raise children and Bobby has been part of ours since 2021. Nursing was a painful struggle. Then came Bobby to the rescue. Good ingredients that ensured my baby was fed and allowed my body to begin to heal I learned that fed was best and my struggles were okay and normal and actually something I could look back on and smile at when I saw my sweet baby grow rolls body by Bobby. Then came the happy news that we were expecting baby number two. I didn't cancel my subscription, just deferred it a couple months until our daughter arrived. Knowing she was receiving her nutrients from Bobby allowed me to relax and enjoy the few months I was able to nurse her with Pressure off nursing came easily. Funny how formula could actually promote a healthy nursing dynamic. Love, Hannah. I have goosebumps. I know, me too. You know why though is because um, I really think about my feeding journey in two chapters with my first daughter and with my second. Mm -hmm. And with my second daughter, Serena, I had the language and I knew about Bobby and I was a part of Mm -hmm. Bobby and I breastfed for longer. I introduced formula sooner. I didn't pump. I went back to work. I didn't have any postpartum depression or anxiety. And I credit nearly all of that with Bobby and the community and the tools that we give to parents. So to hear that other women are experiencing that actually makes me really emotional. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And with that, may I introduce our next guest on Milk Drunk, Bobby's very own Vice President of Strategic Growth and Innovation, which includes heading up Bobby Labs, Sarah Ahmed Holman. Not only does Sarah help Bobby shatter the stigmas surrounding feeding, she's also a delightful human and a mother of two. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Ange. It's great to be here. I'm super excited. Well, earlier on this episode, we had Dr. Amna on, who gave us a crash course on combo feeding. And now we're super excited to learn about all the work you're doing to destigmatize combo feeding beyond just talking about it, but actually making cultural shifts in retail, yeah. in how we purchase formula, how we find it, and, and how we can do it all together. Yeah, I get to do a lot of different things. And that's 
really fun for me. Um, but at the core of it, what I'm working on and thinking about on a daily basis is where is our company going and how are we truly changing what it means to be a formula company for parents? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and one thing I can say very boldly mm-hmm. and which I am refusing to see the other side on yeah, is that no one will ever be able to do what we do because we are a team of mothers who are mm-hmm. raising our children and who are living the real world experience that we are changing for our customers in real time. Mm-hmm. And not a single other infant formula company in the world is doing that. And they can't do it because they're not us. And that to me is everything. Oh my gosh. Chills again, Sarah. It's happening. This is this is a chilling time. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna read another letter and then I would love to hear more details about your feeding journey. So here is this next letter. For the past three plus months, I've struggled to produce enough milk. It's been really stressful and disheartening. I realized I needed to transition to formula, but I didn't want to give him the formulas I was familiar with. After a bunch of research and our pediatrician said to go ahead and start weaning, I went to Target and picked up a can. We started that day and I was so joyfully surprised at how much Otto liked Bobby and how fast he fell asleep. I'm so thankful that there's a formula on the market that's easily accessible that I actually feel good about feeding my son. I thought I would have a feeling of hesitant acceptance, but I'm actually so relieved and so happy to feed him this quality formula. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Marlo. My heart's racing. Right? Yeah, you know, we won vendor of the year at Target. And when Target's leadership team called me to tell me that we won, and this is crazy, right? We've been on shelves less than a year. We have one product. They said, you know, the reason you won is because you've brought emotion to an aisle that was formerly ignored. Mm-hmm. And I actually can remember, like right now, I can remember what it felt like to walk into Target with Salma, my oldest daughter, in her little ergo carrier strapped oh, to my yes. chest. Yep. And, you know, Target usually keeps the organic fam, uh, formula on the top right. And I'm really mm-hmm. short. And I was trying to jump to reach it. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling so defeated. And fast forward to when I was negotiating the deal with Target for Bobby, everyone was making fun of me because I was like, and you know what? Bobby's going to sit in the middle of the formula aisle. Yes. And it's going to be at mom height. And they were like, what is mom height? And I was like, I don't know, somewhere between 5'2 and 5'6. But like, stop making moms climb on the formula shelves with their babies strapped them to get Bobby. No one's going to do that. They were like, okay, okay. Um, It happened, actually. We got moved to what is now called the Bobby mom block um, at mom height. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like these little wins that only a mom could really advocate Completely. for. Completely. I have climbed yeah. on shelves for formula also, like truly. And yeah. I've used like a Tr- cereal box to try to knock it down. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. And you're just like hoping that it's not going to smash your baby on the yes, head as it's like exactly. tumbling down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It um, It's great though to hear that because for all those parents that were formula feeding, you already kind of feel like shit mm-hmm. um, because you feel for whatever reason, like you can't, or you've chosen not to breastfeed. And mm-hmm. 
society is telling you that's the best way and the right way. And being able to put Bobby on that end cap during the formula crisis with our words of affirmation and some nods to being playful. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want us to live in a society where people have the words and they have the emotional systems in place to support whatever their journey is, whether or not it includes mm-hmm. Bobby. So you have two kids, right? And they're how kids. old are they now? I have a four and a half year old. And she just tell me every day, I'm four and a half, not four. Of course. And I have a brand new two-year-old who um, was a Bobby baby through and through. And oh. yep, she's my Bobby baby. <laughs> and what were your feeding journeys like with each one? So um, it's like trigger warning TMI for my first yes. one, but it, it really was part of um, what continues to be my fuel and fire. For Bobby. So I had my first daughter and I'm going to choose my language really carefully here. Mm-hmm. Um, they broke my back to make space for her so that I could vaginally deliver. Oh. I didn't know that that was a possibility and I was not prepared for what it was going to mean to feed a baby when I was in tremendous, tremendous pain. Um, And so I, yeah, I, um, they had given me these pain pills that really I wasn't supposed to take while breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit. So I didn't know how to breastfeed all those formula class or sorry, the feeding classes they make you take before you have a baby didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So I hired this um, lactation counselor to come to my house and she was teaching me how to lay down and feed, get in plank and feed, all this stuff. And I remember her saying to me at one point, yeah, like I was going to do plank like two days after giving birth. Um, (laughs) I actually don't even think you're allowed to do plank two days after you give birth, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) And I remember, um, you know, she said to me, breastfeeding is the greatest gift you'll give to your daughter in her whole life. It's the greatest gift. And I just felt like shit. Mm. And I powered through it for a long time. And Mm -hmm. everyone who asked, I, I kind of, I started sneaking formula in and, and I lied about it. I lied to my doctor because I also had a lot of milk. And so you know, everyone's message was kind of the same. Like, you're so lucky you have so much milk. And, mm-hmm. but I was pushing down my own pain to, to continue to breastfeed until finally I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Like mm-hmm. I remember I was laying in the back of an Uber on my way back from a meeting and I called my husband and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to take, I need to take medication. Like I'm not well. Mm-hmm. You know, what was so interesting was, you know, going back to my career, mm-hmm. I was trained to be an advocate. And when it came time to advocate for myself, I had never been given the words. I had Mm -hmm. never been told that, you know what? 80% of moms in this country turn to formula. 70% of them are combo feeding. It's Mm -hmm. not either or. You can do both. No one said Mm -hmm. that to me. And I wish they had because mm-hmm. it would have saved me a lot of physical pain, emotional pain, heartache. 
And then I think about my second feeding experience and I had Bobby in my hospital bag and I breastfed longer and I formula fed and my husband fed our baby and I was happy. And actually I was so well, (laughs) like the opposite of unwell, right? Mm -hmm. And it was because I had been given these tools to forgive myself to lean in, to be proud of myself for knowing what was the right thing for me. And actually now the advice I give to all women I meet who are going to have a baby totally unsolicited, which is probably pretty annoying of me, <laughs> is if you're happy and if you are well, your baby's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Because when we deprioritize women and mothers, which is what our society is really good at, deprioritizing mm-hmm. mothers. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. I remember my oldest sister said, um, enjoy these last minutes of being pregnant because once you give birth, you kind of become irrelevant. And I was like, I am bringing life mm-hmm. onto yes. this planet. How could I become <laughs> irrelevant? Fast forward to literally being viewed as a vessel for this child, like mm-hmm. bones be damned, break them all to get the baby out. Your yeah. Your body is the gift to the baby. And it was like, I'm my own person. I was my own person. And by the way, how am I expected to raise this child without being in the right space for it? And like being in crippling pain is not the right space to be handling a newborn. FYI Mm -hmm. to anyone who cares. Yes. And this is why, you know, I, I fundamentally believe in Bobby and what wakes me up in the morning is for the first time, we have a company that is founded and led by moms. Mm-hmm. who are in deep in the mothering journey ourselves. Yeah. And we can change the trajectory for how other parents and other mothers are going to experience their feeding journeys. It's really incredible. I agree. Um, I mean, we're going to hear from another customer. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for the work you do and for all the babies you fed. Our feeding journey with our daughter started out rocky. I planned to breastfeed exclusively since before we knew we were pregnant, but after a complicated and traumatic birth and postpartum period, my supply was very low and it took her two months to even start to latch. I had heard good things about Bobby from my own patients and not surprisingly, our sweet girl did very well on Bobby during her combo fed and formula exclusive months. Thank you for the product you make, for the advocacy you offer, and for never making me feel like I was less than when I decided to give up the heartache that exclusive breastfeeding caused. Feeding is indeed a journey and will forever be grateful that Bobby was a part of ours. Maggie R. These get me every time and we get so many of them. I I think of that, that image of you or me or probably Maggie R in the formula aisle and feeling super lost. And I think so many parents have had similar experiences. Um, Earlier, Dr. Omna mentioned how intimidating the formula aisle can be for parents, which pretty much every parent, like we've just talked about, can relate to. How do formula and feeding products currently come to life on store shelves? And what kind of message does that send? Yeah. Talk about reinforcing the either or. Um, So right now, formula and breastfeeding and feeding accessories sit in different aisles. 
They have different buyers, meaning different people are responsible for picking the products that are in them and staffing them up. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that you'll notice is that the feeding aisle and the breastfeeding aisle is actually quite innovative, right? There are a lot of different pumps and products right. and yep. it's styled in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And the formula aisle isn't. It feels very reminiscent to the toilet paper aisle, the paper towel right. aisle. Like yeah. shove it all in there, maybe throw it behind lock and key and call it a day, figure it out on your own. There's no education. There's mm-hmm. no signage. We were the first company that had talkers on the shelf in the formula aisle. And that was something I really pushed because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to educate our customer. Again, going back to that advocacy and, and affirmation of you being there. And, you know, I, I say it a lot, but <laughs> I'm excited for when we don't have a formula aisle anymore because to put the formula aisle on its own is a disservice. It's not mm-hmm. how the majority of American parents are feeding their children. Mm-mm. The more we leaned into the data coming out of Bobby Labs, and our research partners, that when you look at the reality of how people are feeding their parents, when you look at the indicators of what causes parents to feel and experience shame and stigma, mm-hmm. and it is this either or rather than treating feeding as a holistic journey that will evolve and change as your baby grows. So I have two technical questions, aisle and store okay. questions. One. Okay. Where is the formula aisle usually in relation to all the baby stuff and baby food versus breastfeeding mm-hmm. stuff? And like, where would you find it? So it's usually somewhere in between pouches and snacks and crackers Yep, and a breastfeeding aisle. But a formula aisle okay. is typically on its own. On and its own. you walk into the breastfeeding aisle and it's like bottles and pumps and sometimes Holistic pacifiers and all of yep. that. Yeah. But formula is, it really, it's like the paper towel aisle. You go into the paper towel aisle, it's just paper towels and toilet paper. That's what yeah. the formula is. Yeah. There's, there's nothing there. And, and actually, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way because it's not treated as a food. It's treated yeah. as a commodity. So when you mm-hmm. treat a product like a commodity, a shelf-stable commodity, you can let it sit there. And you don't right. have to make the investment into it mm-hmm. until a team of moms comes and says, That's right. That's bullshit. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, okay. The, my next question is, what is an end cap for listeners? I happen to know, okay. but you tell me. <laughs> so you know how when you're walking down the aisle, not the end of, not in between the aisles, but mm-hmm. down the aisle of the store and you mm-hmm. can look down left or right and you see the products in the aisles? The end cap is the thing that sits at the end of the aisle. Right? Okay, so it's like so, where the really cute party supplies are egg when you're on exactly. the party aisle. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel it. Okay, it's, it's all the curated stuff at the yep. end of an aisle. So we convinced Target, and Target leaned in very heavily with us to say, "Hey, to put the formula aisle on its own is a disservice. It's not how." the majority of American parents are feeding their children until we can get to a point of eradicating the formula aisle and making it one comprehensive solution because that's how we know parents feed. What if we took some of the stuff from the breastfeeding aisle and some of the stuff from the formula aisle and we put it together? Mm -hmm. And it took almost two years for that to come to fruition. 
but here it is. It's amazing. I'm I'm so excited about it. It almost makes me want to have another baby, but no. Um, the, <laughs> no, no, hard pass. <laughs> Sarah, are you ready for another letter? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. My husband cried yesterday when we opened our very last can of Bobby because it felt like such a monumental marker of our baby growing up. I definitely thought my breastfeeding journey was going to work out. And when I was hit with a low supply from the beginning, a midwife suggested we try comboing with Bobby. I'm so, so glad we did because you guys got this through the formula crisis. It meant everything to me to not worry about how I was going to feed her. Thank you for everything during our first year. Love, JP. What is next for you? and Team Bobby on your mission to normalize combo feeding. You know, some of that, and you just have to wait and see. Yeah. Because I can't <laughs> tell you all my secrets. That's right. But there's going to be a lot to come. Combo feeding isn't the end of it. It's just the start of yes. what we believe is going to be changing how parents shop for formula and what it means to shop for formula. Gone are the days when moms are knocking down cans off the top shelf with cereal boxes. <laughs> That's right. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sara. This has been amazing, inspiring. I feel seen. It's, it's been really wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Wow. What an episode. Thank you to Dr. Amna and Sara for joining us today and for being so raw and real about your feeding journeys and what we can all do to better support parents out there. We're all in this together. Be sure to follow Bobby on Instagram at Bobby for all Milk Drunk updates and sign up for the Milk Drunk newsletter at MilkDrunk.com. If you or someone you know is Bobby Curious, head to HiBobby.com slash Combo 101 for 15% off your first organic formula order. Milk Drunk is powered by Bobby, hosted by me, Angelica Temple, and produced by Beth Rowe, Mary Kelly, and the team at Full Picture Productions. If you're liking what we're shaking here at Milk Drunk Pod, be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss a thing. Also, if you have topics you want to hear discussed or have a hot parenting take, our DMs are always open. <laughs>